to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In Major League Baseball, after the trade deadline whirlwind yesterday that saw Zach Greinke end up with the Houston Astros, some news out of the Texas Rangers ballpark as they will DFA as Dribble Cabrera on Friday. The Los Angeles Dodgers didn't make a big trade at the trade deadline, but they will call up their top prospect, Dustin May, to start on Friday. May is 21 years old. He's 3-0 with a 2.30 ERA and five starts with AAA Oklahoma City. News out of the NFL. The Carolina Panthers made some news when Ron Rivera said they wanted to limit the number of snaps Christian McCaffrey would see in the upcoming season. They did clarify after the fact that it didn't mean they would limit his touches overall. And in the NBA, three players heading overseas next season, Jonas Jerebko, Lance Stevenson, and Ron Baker. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour Taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. You can listen to the show on demand anytime you want. Just search Full-Time Fantasy under podcast, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and check out all my work, FullTimeFantasy.com. Tons of draft content. For the fantasy football draft kit going up every day. I'll have an article today on five wide receiver values. It should be posted sometime today. We also have our fantasy football primers. I did quarterback and running back. Sean Childs did wide receiver. Dr. Otto did tight end. So they're all posted there. Uh, we have the fantasy baseball weekly closer report. Depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Childs. So check that out. Uh, Sean also posted a deep sleeper article for fantasy football as well. So... Lots of great content. We have online championship reviews, and these are really good because we kind of go through each team, talk about the way people put together their roster, things we like, things we don't like, and you can learn from it. There's a lot of mistakes that go on in there, and you know, before you jump in, you want to learn from these mistakes. Uh, I have a breakout player that you should target in drafts to look at some overvalued, undervalued players, five quarterbacks to target late, five running backs to target late, and a ton more content. Uh, we still have another month to go. Preseason pro picks from Sean Childs and Dr. Otto are out. And mine will come in a couple of weeks. And we will also have several from some of the top high-stakes players around. So you want to get into their minds to see who they are taking with big money on the line. We get a sleeper, breakout player, bounce-back player, uh, bust, and a stash in cash. So check those out as well. We have rankings out, consensus rankings, individual rankings as well. I know a lot of people have been asking for my rankings for a while now. They've been out all week. You can use the promo code RONUS50 get your first two months for the price of one. If you have any specific questions, you can ask them on the message boards and forums. Uh, still taking baseball questions, so we haven't ignored you. Uh, obviously, it's football-centric right now with a lot of drafts 
about to start. And, of course, the preseason kicks off tonight, Hall of Fame game with Denver and Atlanta. And then a lot of teams play their first preseason game one week from today. So, obviously, it is crunch time. Uh, I have a draft coming up tomorrow, the Flex League. It's Super Flex League. That'll be in New York. And then uh, a bunch of drafts over the next several weeks, as, as I'm sure many of you do. So we want to make sure that you are prepared and ready to dominate. So head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. Check us out right now. Also, play FFWC.com. Hop in a draft tonight. Two drafts tonight. A starter full season league. 18 rounds, 90-second clock, $35 to enter. That kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern. Then an online championship draft with a 90-second clock, 299 to enter, 20-round draft. That kicks off at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. The grand prize is $50,000. So if you can be number one, uh, you can win that money. And even if you can't get there, you can win some nice league prizes as well. So uh, you can go to playffwc.com and click on the breakdown to see all the payouts. But a lot of drafts. Every day until the start of the season. So make sure you come out there and check us out. We also have you covered for DFS baseball, write-ups, optimizer as well. So lots of ways to win money here with full-time fantasy. Let's take a look at some of the football news going on right now. And a big surprise today, uh, Ryan Khalil, the center who retired uh, from the Panthers, uh, has decided to come back. And he said... uh, I didn't say anything yet. I didn't say anything, but I guess uh, he has decided he will come back and play with the Jets. So he left the Panthers, a pretty good team. Uh, He's 34 years old, and he started all 16 games last year. Uh, But he's an uh, was okay last year, but certainly an upgrade for the Jets right now um, uh, at their center position. So this is good news here for a guy like Le'Veon Bell, Sam Donald in the Jets offense, Ryan Khalil. Uh, out of retirement and signs with the Jets. Who would have thought that the Jets would have been the team? But uh, he will help upgrade that offense. Uh, Phil Dawson, kicker, has announced his retirement. So after 20 seasons, he is hanging it up. Um, and we mentioned the report about Theo Riddick signing with the Broncos. And, you know, Riddick has been the same player the last couple of years. You know, it was amazing when. The report came out the other day. The Lions were cutting him. You know, that has been rumored for a long time. And because of that, I was avoiding Riddick in drafts. I had him, like, down the rankings. Uh, even, But it's not a great spot for him either. I, I don't see him playing a big role. If anything, he might cut into some targets of Phillip Lindsay. You know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Broncos situation that it's probably going to be a true split at running back. And I kind of felt that way all along. You know, I wrote an article on Philip Lindsay. You can check it out in depth. It has a lot of stats in there and breakdowns. Because I think everyone thinks Royce Freeman was terrible last year, and he really wasn't. He was a disappointment in fantasy. There were a lot of people who took him in the third round of drafts, and obviously that didn't pan out. But Freeman, when you look at a lot of the underlying metrics, really wasn't that bad. Now, Lindsay was better, no question about it. But this is a different coaching staff, too. So a new coaching staff comes in, and Lindsey really didn't do anything in the offseason because he had the wrist injury. So they saw a lot more of Freeman. And, uh, you know, Freeman also had an injury in the middle of last year. Uh, Lindsey has looked fine this summer, but, you know, Freeman, a lot of positive talk there. Now, you know, the yards per carry were definitely in Lindsey's favor, but also you have to keep in mind that uh, Freeman faced a lot more eight-man fronts. Lindsey didn't. So that is a big difference in the number. Uh, but they have made the Freeman uh, Lindsay comparison at Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman. So I think both backs are, are going to play a pretty decent role. 
And Lindsey is the guy going higher in drafts. And I think right now he's overvalued. I'm not going to take him uh, at where he's going. I know sometimes he slips to the fifth round. His ADP right now is 50. Um, but that's too high for me because um, I don't think he'll be as efficient as last year either. And obviously he's got to split a little bit. Royce Freeman's 95 is his ADP. A much better spot to take him. And yeah, he's probably not going to catch a ton of passes. I think he can, but that result role might be reserved for Lindsey. So maybe that's why he's going a little bit lower there in the FFWC because we do have PPR. But certainly feel like Freeman is the better value right now. We'll see if anything changes based on these reports. So uh, either way, I think Freeman is a little bit of a better value right now. When we return, we'll have some more news on Melvin Gordon. Obviously, it's been a big topic here in the preseason. People worried about when he's going to return. What's the latest on him? We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here at his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern, I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. He's from ffchamps.com. We'll talk some football with him. You can check out fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONIS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. We got deep sleepers from Sean Childs. Uh, quarterback, running back primers for me, wide receiver primer from Sean, tight end primer from Dr. Roto, and a lot more content going up each and every single day. And, of course, any specific questions you have, you can ask them on the message boards and the forum. So check it out. Melvin Gordon, uh, Josina Anderson of ESPN reports, Melvin Gordon's agent requested a trade last week. So, uh, you know, the team remain firm on their initial contract offer of $10 million per season. Uh, so it still would put him behind guys like Johnson, David Johnson, Gurley, and Bell. So apparently he's not happy about that. So it looks like they're still apart, and uh, the Chargers did not give him permission to seek trade partners. So it looks like the team is going to hold its ground for now. So it's tough to draft Melvin Gordon right now for me, uh, you know, you would think this maybe gets worked out. Well, I don't know if a trade will get done. You know, there's a few teams that could use him. Tampa Bay, obviously, everyone talks about Houston with Lamar Miller there. So we'll see if a trade gets done. But Melvin Gordon has been falling. His ADP right now is 22. He's gone as late as 28. And it's certainly a risky pick there in the first two rounds. Maybe in the third, you consider it. But tough to know what's going to happen at this point. You know, a lot of people thought. I mean, on Bell would show up last year. I know it's a different situation, and he never did. He did apologize once again to fantasy owners today. So, you know, it's good to it's good to see that football players are certainly aware of the popularity of the fantasy football game. They obviously get asked about it a lot of times, and you know, it generates a lot of revenue for them. You know, people are watching games and buying NFL Red Zone and. DirecTV because of uh, fantasy football. It's I've said it numerous times. You know, it's gambling 
and fantasy football really are the reason why football is so popular. I mean, it's once a week for the most part, short season, and every game is so critical. And on a Thursday night, are you going to be watching Dolphins-Titans if you're not a fan of those teams? No, but if you have an investment in the game, uh, whether it's betting or you have some fantasy football players, you're going to watch because of it. I just think the average person, just not they're not watching that game unless you have an investment. That's why betting, gambling, and fantasy is so big because you know you it makes you watch the game more, and it goes back to what we discussed in the first hour about you know NFL preseason DFS. It's not for me, but for some people, it gives them – more of a drive to watch the game that they have something on the line. And it does make the game more interesting to watch. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, we've already seen the Chargers running backs behind Gordon move up a little bit. Austin Eckler, 83 is his ADP, but in the last draft we had, he went 64. So, you know, he's just going to slowly creep up based on this news because last year when Gordon was out, you know, Eckler did get pretty decent workloads uh, in the 15 to 20 touch range. Uh, and also Justin Jackson, you know, he'll see a role as well. His ADP is 139, and he's moved up a little bit in recent drafts, gone as high as 115 and as late as 178. So certainly worth taking a shot on at, at 139 because the payoff is huge. Um, now, it, if Gordon returns, then, yeah, he's not going to really have much value at all while Gordon and Eckler are healthy. Uh, and, he, and then you have to make that tough decision. Do you stash or, or do you move on? Uh, but that's something you make at the time. But, you know, it could be a, a it's a swing for the fence pick that really, really could work out if Gordon does not show up or is indeed rated like he has requested. So it feels like we go through this every year. Of course, we're still zeal- dealing with the Ezekiel Elliott, still not reported to the team. And we'll have to wait and see. Uh, again, August 6th is a big date for that. Uh, right now, I'm not moving him down my board just yet. Uh, not great news here for Antonio Callaway. Uh, Browns coach Freddie Kitchens said that Antonio Callaway reported to camp out of shape. And you, it's just mind-boggling that something like this could happen because this is a team that actually has pretty high expectations right now. There's been a lot of excitement surrounding this team with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham coming aboard. Now, Callaway is not going – he's going very late in drafts anyway. His ADP is 200. Uh, he has gone as early as 158 and as late as 246. So when you get to this range, you do see a huge disparity like that because there's always going to be a couple of people who are really excited about Callaway that think he could play a big role and that's their sleeper pick, and others who are just like, eh, he's depth. There's really not much for him uh, tar- as far as targets when you got Beckham, Landry, Najoku, and Chubb. Uh, you know, they're going to need to run a lot more three wide sets for him to get in, but. Uh, Kitchen said that Callaway needs pushing. So uh, they did say he had his best practice at camp today. But, you know, uh, he's consistently been working with the second team here in camp. and It was a little perplexing, and now we know why. So he did get good reviews in the spring for his work in the OTAs. So uh, I still think he's probably the favorite for number three. But this could drive price the price down a little bit. And, you know, maybe if you like Callaway, because you know if – something happens to Beckham or, or Landry, he could see himself in a big role in this offense. So I haven't drafted him yet, but I'm willing to. I mean, look at the range where he's going right now, you know, 200. So it's basically, you know, the last round or two. And some of the receivers going after him are Randall Cobb, Josh Doxson, John Ross, who's banged up. I mean, I don't – he's already dealing with a hamstring. And we are we already seen his stock drop in recent drafts, 249 and 239. Uh, or is recent, and that's with an ADP of 207. 
Then you got Josh Reynolds. So you look at that area. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd take him over all those receivers. Uh, the one that might be a little intriguing late is A.J. Brown of Tennessee. That might take some time for him to get going. And obviously, it's not a pass-heavy offense, but certainly talented and maybe someone that could could get going at some point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in this range, there's, you know, he does have some upside, but, you know, he doesn't have a starting job right now. That's the biggest issue there. So something to keep an eye on for Callaway there with Cleveland. Uh, Nikhil Harry, it hasn't been going well for him either. He's apparently been outplayed by some undrafted free agents. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of reports I saw yesterday, like he dropped like four passes and he's been running with the second team offense. So, you know, you got to be careful with, Patriots rookies, especially at the wide receiver position. I know in an early draft I did, I took Harry, and then I've kind of backed off here. I just looked at it originally and said, this is a big body receiver. They really don't have any red zone threats. Gronk is gone. Yeah, Edelman's going to get a ton of targets, but he's not a big red zone threat. Sure, they'll run the football in the red zone a ton with Sonny Michelle and pass to James White out of the backfield, but I thought maybe there would be an opportunity here for Harry. But we've seen even veteran receivers, tough to learn the playbook. With the Patriots, it's not easy. So, uh, Nikhil Harry is actually, I mean, his ADP is 101 right now. I think it's too high. Like, he's going ahead of Anthony Miller. Give me Anthony Miller. You know, Anthony Miller is so good. People forget. Last year, Anthony Miller injured his shoulder in week three. And I saw some comments from him where he said that he was basically playing with one shoulder last year. He tried, tried to throw a stiff arm. His shoulder would pop out. He clearly wasn't healthy. Now, he played through it. He wound up scoring seven touchdowns. Numbers weren't great, but this kid is good. He had the, shirt, uh, the surgery in the offseason on the shoulder, and he's going to be good to go. Now, Allen Robinson's number one there, but if this offense does improve, if Trubisky can get better, you know, Trubisky got off to the great start, and then he was hurt and missed a game or two down the stretch and wasn't as efficient, but I'll take Anthony Miller over him. I mean, there's just a lot of wide receivers. Dante Moncrief is going after him, Michael Gallup. I mean, there's just a lot of good wide receivers going after him. So uh, I'm actually surprised that we've seen Harry go this high. And, uh, again, I, I thought there he might be a good fit for New England. And it's early, too. You know, you've got to keep this in mind. Rookies are going to struggle, especially in the New England offense. So this doesn't mean it's time to bury him. You know, he could still play a role in this offense. But where he's being drafted right now is just a little bit too high for me. Aaron Jones didn't practice again today. He's dealing with some hamstring issue. Uh, apparently it's not serious, but certainly keep an eye on because last year he missed training camp with a hamstring injury. So Jamal Williams also is out with a hamstring injury. So Dexter Williams, who is their sixth round pick out of Notre Dame is getting a lot of reps. I mean, he's someone interested in taking deep best ball drafts, you know, like round 18, 19, 20, or even seasonal drafts, especially with the two running backs banged up right now. He's definitely someone that's kind of under the radar. No one's really talking about right now. So you could take a look at him. And uh, as far as Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaz, they're talking about a timeshare where it could be pretty even between those two. All right, when we return, I'm going to take a look at a draft I'm in right now. A lot of mistakes in this draft, some bad picks. I'm going to talk about it next. It is full-time fantasy here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, hop in a draft tonight. PlayFFWC.com. Two drafts. One, a starter full-season draft at 9 p.m. Eastern and an online championship draft at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So head on over, jump in, PlayFFWC.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Uh, Let's go to uh, Phil in Kentucky. He's on the line. Phil, what's up? What's going on, Adam? How you doing? I'll try to be quick because I know you want to do something else. Talk about No, no. We we got time for you, man. Come on. No, no. Well, you know, with my job, you know, I get to listen to XM radio all the time and, you know, and I get some nuggets every now and then. Your buddy Howard Bender had the Steelers GM on the uh, show Monday afternoon, and here's what he said. He said that Dante Moncrief was very quick to um, form a rapport with Roethlisberger, and he was, was very impressed with what he's done so far in camp. And he also said that he couldn't, he didn't know how many, how the uh, targets were going to be distributed. He said, but there will be the same amount of targets that they had last year. And yeah. I thought that was kind of it. That is. That means that they are going to be pass heavy once again. Now, game scripts can kind of dictate that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, look, there's value to be had in that Steelers passing game. Obviously, Juju Smith Schuster is going in the first, second round of drafts. Vance McDonald is starting to move up a little bit. I'm in a draft now where he went round nine. I like that. Uh, and then you're trying to figure out Dante Moncrief, James Washington. So uh, I wrote an article today, and there's something in there about Dante Moncrief, so it should be up shortly. But uh, have you been drafting Moncrief? I know you're in a lot of our leagues already. Have you been drafting? Where have you been? I try. Yeah, I've been getting Moncrief quite a bit. And, you know, you're getting him in, you know, for- you know, around 11, 12, 13 sometimes when I think with uh, that news Monday, I think if they're going to have that many targets to share with, you know, like they had last year, then that's definitely going to be a great value. Yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, he's got size, too. He's like 6'2". You know, he could be a red zone threat. Obviously, last year he was in a terrible position in Jacksonville. And, you know, I think people have had high expectations for him in the past, and he's kind of been a little bit of let down, especially playing with Andrew Luck. But, you know, sometimes it takes receivers several years to really put things together. Well, he was a red zone threat with uh, Andrew Luck. Yes. Did he have like 10 or 11 touchdowns a year or two years before he went to Jacksonville? 
I, I don't. Did he ever? I don't remember a year where he had double digits. Uh, I thought he had double digits. I could be wrong, but I'm just. I'll, I'll look that up I now. I don't ever recall my. I mean, I, I remember maybe seven or eight might have been as high, but uh, let me see. Yeah, seven was as high in two in 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I I knew that. I was like, I don't remember a year ever where he had double digit touchdowns. Now his best sure. year, as far as targets, was his second year in the league. He had 105 targets, 64 receptions, 733 yards, and six touchdowns. The year he had seven touchdowns, he only had 30 receptions for 307 yards, but only played in 10 games. So, you know, yeah, look, you could say, well, he played with, I think because people are going to say that. They're like, well, he played with Andrew Luck and he didn't do much. Well, he was also came into the league at age 21. Uh, and Luck was banked up to uh, one or two of those years. Obviously with Jacksonville, you really, Blake Bortles, and uh, they're throwing him the football quite a bit. That doesn't help. So, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger and all those, tar- I think there's about over 200 targets opening up with Antonio Brown yeah. gone and also Jesse James not there. So, yeah, no, I think he's uh, he's in a good spot right now. Like you said, you can get him in the double-digit rounds and definitely worth taking a shot on. I think people I think people either like Moncrief or Washington. They kind of go in the same spot. I saw a draft the other day. They went back-to-back. Yeah, I've seen that too. But I just thought there was a couple, you know, information just thought I was passing along. All right, well, I appreciate that, Phil. I know you're a regular listener, and, uh, of course, you're going to be out in Vegas again this year with us, right? Oh, yes, sir. I'm already packed. I got everything taken care of. Oh, you're already packed? Jeez, we're a month away, man. Well, I'm a little different. I buy new underwear. I've got some new shirts. I bought some new shoes. So I just throw it all in a bag, and I'm ready to go. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll probably pack, like, you know, two days before. I mean, I'm only there for, like, four days. I don't need a ton of stuff. You know, I'm going to take a little carry-on suitcases. You know, I'm not like these women who go away for four days and bring seven suitcases. We, I've done so many. And I'm, the plane ride will not be slow because I'm going to be doing waivers, you know, that will run Wednesday night before we get to Vegas. So that's how I'm, I'm going to be doing on the plane on the way out there. Oh, uh, yeah, that is so. true. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about a month away from uh, that waiver wire for sure. Phil, always that's good right, talking to you, man. Right, man. I'll talk to you All soon. Right, I'll definitely see you in Vegas. Okay, see you on. Later. All right. So, yeah, that's a good information there. And I wrote about – Dante Moncrief in an article today, so you could check that out. Uh, should be posted today or tomorrow. But wanted to talk a little bit about this draft that I'm in right now. It's the Razzball uh, Championship. And basically, it's nine weeks of best ball. And then after that, you set your lineup. And it's kind of like a cut line where certain teams advance after each week. But there is a fab element. You get 10 bucks in fab, $1. So, you know, it's you still get to make some small pickups. So it's kind of a hybrid here. It's a 20-round draft, no kickers, no defense. You start a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and two flex spots along with a tight end. So uh, I was picking six in this draft. It's PPR. So not a surprise here with the first four picks, and this is a slow draft, so we're currently in round 10. So you see Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, now I'm picking six, so I'm thinking David Johnson goes five, uh, Pretty much that's what I've seen in a lot of drafts. And I don't know if he's a consensus fit pick. There's some people who don't like him. You know, there's a lot of buzz. Like, a lot of people are high on the Arizona offense. A lot of people think it's not going to be that good. Uh, but I like taking David Johnson at five if he's there. In our FFWC, Hopkins has an ADP of five. David Johnson, six. Devontae Adams, seven. So my draft, Devontae Adams goes five. So I go, okay, I'll take David Johnson. Now, again, very talented running back. 
disappointing year last year, but it's a new coach, new system. Last year, they were so uncreative, just slamming him right up the middle. And you got to get this guy in the passing game. And if they play this high-paced offense where they run a lot of plays, I mean, it's going to benefit David Johnson. So uh, I took him sixth. Then you see Hopkins, Julio Jones, Beckham, Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, Connor to close out the round. So nothing crazy. So round two comes, and Todd Gurley goes first pick of the second round. Uh, I'm doing that. I've shared my thoughts on Gurley. You definitely have my concerns. Melvin Gordon went at uh, 2-5. Uh, now, again, this draft started on Monday. Uh, so I took Tyreek Hill uh, middle of round six, and that's kind of who I wanted in that spot. Obviously, especially in basketball. I mean, it, Hill has a high floor every week, but in basketball, he's going to have some huge weeks. So liked him there and then of course i think it was that day or the day after he had the injury in practice but it turns out to be a bruised quad and it doesn't look to be that bad at this point so i was happy to get tyree kill round three was kind of a tough decision uh i was hoping you know keenan allen would make it to me he went one pick before i would i might have taken carry on johnson he actually went third pick of the third round so you could see the value on carry on johnson rising especially with the departure of theo riddick so i had to decide and the way I looked at it was, okay, uh, people are, are taking a lot of running backs here. And I knew if I passed up on running back here in round three, I might not love the options in round four. Uh, because there were a couple receivers on the board that I normally would take. Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton were there. Uh, I decided to go with a running back. Part of it is, again, looking at the way the draft was unfolding, the running backs were starting to fly. And I wasn't sure I would like my options in round four or five. Also, I felt like I was going to get a couple of receivers that I want in the next couple of rounds. And also, I haven't taken this player yet. That's Aaron Jones. Uh, obviously, I know he's dealing a little bit with a hamstring right now. But I think he should be the number one guy for Green Bay this year. 5.5 yards per carry in his career. Now, he does have the injuries to deal with. He's had MCL issues and now hamstring. But decided to take him. And then on the way back, I went with... Chris Godwin, uh, really like Godwin a lot for this upcoming year. You know, he had a good year last year. He had 95 targets, 59 receptions, 842 yards, and seven touchdowns. And that's basically sometimes as the fourth receiver on the team. But remember, no Deshaun Jackson. He is gone. Adam Humphreys is gone. And in six games without Deshaun Jackson last year, Chris Godwin had at least 98 yards receiving in four of them, along with four touchdowns. So it's a pass-heavy offense. They're going to push the ball down the field. It's a bad defense, so really want Chris Godwin, and I have not been able to get him in a ton of drafts. He's obviously been going pretty early, a lot of buzz on him, but I, I think it's justified. I mean, uh, with Winston playing the whole year, when you combine the fantasy numbers of Fitzpatrick and Winston last year, was a top-five quarterback, so he tends to look for Godwin in the red zone too. I think he had like two less end zone targets than Mike Evans last year, so really like Godwin there. Round five, man, I well, Mike Williams, he went two picks before me. Like, I haven't been able to get Mike Williams in drafts. And uh, so I, I went in a different direction than I have. Is I went with Cooper Cup. You know, it looks like he's ready to start the year. He's not on the pup list. And Cup was so instrumental in the Rams' success last year. They really missed him. So it's the first draft I've taken him. And there's definitely a little risk with someone coming off a torn ACL. But, you know, the medical industry has really advanced here with these ACLs and guys have bounced back quicker. So it is definitely a little risky. And then round six, uh, you know, I feel like the, the back half of the draft is making good picks. I see some terrible picks in this draft, which I'll eventually talk about. But, you know, 
guys got pushed up the draft board here in round six. Uh, Christian Kirk and Dante Pettis went before me in round six. And all the guys I wanted, Robinson, Kirk, Pettis, Hunter Henry, all went ahead of me. So I went with Calvin Ridley as my fourth receiver in a best ball, which is a pretty good spot to take him in. I haven't really taken Ridley in drafts. He's a little over value. But around six in a best ball, too, when he has those big weeks, uh, it'll pay off big. When we return, I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz, Jim Day from FFChamps.com. That is ahead right here, full-time fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern talking some fantasy football and joining me now to do that, a regular on the show. He even co-hosted with me last week for the full show. It is Fantasy Taz, Jim Day from FFChamps.com. What's going on, Taz? Hey, how you doing, Adam? Thanks for having me on again. And everything's going on. You know how it is. We're getting closer to football season. We actually got football tonight. And as we get closer and closer, the work ramps up and up. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you got going on right now at FFChamps.com? Let people know what they can expect. Well, we're working on you know increasing the draft kit. Uh, we we put it out uh, at you know the beginning of the last month, and we're just continuing to add and add to it as much as we can. Uh, making sure all the tools are up and ready to use. And, you know, it's just a lot of good stuff going on right there, going on there right now. And, you know, if people want to check it out, uh, we're, we just extended the, the premium uh, membership promo code. You can use code 2019 to get $40 off your premium membership. Now, you mentioned we have a preseason game tonight, the Hall of Fame game, Denver and Atlanta. What is your goal for the preseason what do you get out of the preseason what are you looking for when you're watching preseason games you know i'm looking for those those guys that may come out of nowhere and surprise and be you know late round values in drafts some some guys that nobody's really talking about yet that just show up out of nowhere we see it every year there's always guys that you know, make plays in preseason, and then most of them disappear in the real season. But there's always a couple that do well in preseason and then carry that over into the real season. I think we're going to see a lot of backups this year in preseason. I don't think we're going to see a ton of the starters in, in any game. So you have to use it to do something. You know, there's something to be learned by these guys playing football, whether it's going to be a little bit of the offensive mentality of the team, which is always good to know, or if there's anybody there that, you know, coming out with the third team that all of a sudden is making these huge plays all over the field and maybe moving themselves up the depth chart of their team. Those are the guys you want to look for. Yeah, and we've seen in, in recent years, you know, you can find some things out in the preseason uh, watching guys. I mentioned last year, Philip Lindsay was someone that I was hearing a lot of positive reports about, and I almost took him in the last round of a draft out in Vegas. I ultimately did not. Kind of wish I did because obviously he wound up playing a big role and was the big free agent there uh, at the end of week one. But, yeah, you can see some players flash in preseason, and they might never even make it to – uh, become relevant in fantasy, but 
even if you find just one or two guys that are on the radar, it's very important. So that's where the preseason comes into play because we are seeing less starters play in the preseason. We've already heard Julio Jones is not going to play. So that's the thing. We're, we're, you know, I think as a fantasy owner, too, if you've already done your draft, I mean, do you even? I don't want to see Julio Jones in the preseason if I draft him. No, me either. <laughs> I don't want to see any of my starters. You know, it, it's always been in the past that week three was the big week. That was the week that most of the starters were supposed to play, you know, at least a half, maybe more, depending on the starter. And last year, that just didn't come to fruition. We saw too many guys go out injured early, and I guess teams just decided they weren't going to do that, put their guys into that kind of fray for preseason. And I think that's going to become the new norm is that there's not going to be a single preseason game where we see any of our starters or stud players playing more than a few series each. You know, I'm getting tired of talking about Melvin Gordon every single day. Uh, I just want <laughs> yeah, this sure thing to are. end already. Uh, I mean, I, I've generally avoided him because I don't think the price has gone down enough. Again, there's two ways to look at it, and no one really has the answer. You could say, well, I'm getting a steal here in the second round. Uh, like, you know, I'm doing this Raswell League, and Melvin Gordon went, uh, even before I even had an opportunity to take him in round two if I wanted to, he went 2-5. I had the 2-6 pick. Uh, two, six pick. Uh, I'm kind of a, avoiding Gordon for now. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like he's a value and you'll take him mid-second round, or are you passing on him as well? I won't take him in the second round. If he fell to the third round, I'd definitely think about it. But, look, there's a very good chance he does hold out this year. He, he knows that's really the only way he's got any chance of getting a better contract than what they've already offered him. But unfortunately, I have bad news for you, Gordon. It ain't going to happen. They, they gave you the contract they're going to offer you, and that's all they're going to do. I don't see them going any higher than that. I think they'd rather roll with the young guys in Jackson and Eckler than they will you know, having to pay Gordon more than that. You're talking about a guy who's got a lot of wear and tear. He's, uh, he's had plenty of knee issues in the past. They're just not going to pay him that big, huge contract he wants. And, you know, he's asking for trade now and all that. Oh, this is all a ploy in, in trying to get that contract. And I just don't think it's coming. So he may very well hold out into the season. Yeah, I think that could happen. We might see him, you know, week nine, week 10, like we saw at Vincent Jackson do in the past. And uh, that is obviously going to be a big boost for Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. And we've already seen those guys kind of slowly move up the You're going to start to see Eckler move up the board with this news here of Melvin Gordon. Uh, uh, Taz, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I, I don't have any idea what happened. Okay, I didn't hear you for pitch. a second. Uh, yeah, Eckler, I didn't hear what you either. You... <laughs> oh, all right, well, we're over <laughs> that even. now. Uh, Eckler, round seven is where I took him recently, Jeff, 7-6. Uh, how early are you willing to take him now based on what we know? Um, I'm still going to, you know, I, I think seven might be pushing a little bit, but if you want him, I, you might have to pull him there. But, you know, I, I think I'd feel a little safer in the eighth round, ninth round. I see him getting a little uptick if Gordon uh, doesn't show, but I think Justin Jackson is going to get the bigger uptick because, let's face it, Justin Jackson's value rides totally on whether Gordon plays or not. If Gordon's not there, then Justin Jackson takes a huge leap. If he is, Justin Jackson goes down down to the bottom of the heap, whereas Eckler is going to have a role either way. He's have that role. He's going to be that change of pace guy who gets just enough goal line carries to actually make him valuable, and I don't think that really changes a ton. 
So, you know, he's a good guy to get that. He's the safer of the two to have because it doesn't really matter what Gordon does. He's going to have his role. If Gordon sits out, though, then I definitely want a piece of Justin Jackson. Yeah, that is definitely true. Jackson is a wild card because you're sitting there. You get to round 10. You're like, oh, I kind of want to take him. But if Gordon does show up, then Jackson has no value until one of those backs in front of him get hurt. So that's the tricky one because you are right. I had Eckler last year in a 14-team league. And even though 14-team league a little deeper, you know, I was starting him every week in a PPR format. And he was giving me solid production each and every single week. So he still has value even if Gordon returns. So Jackson is the wild card. Uh, are your thoughts changing at all in the Broncos' backfield with some of these reports? First of all, they're talking about an even split between Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, and then they went out and signed Theo Riddick. So yeah. who does this hurt, and have you changed your thoughts at all in this backfield, or has it been pretty much the same that you expected, pretty much a split going into the year? Uh, I did think that they were absolutely going to get Freeman more involved. Uh, you know, they have the draft capital in them. They want to get him on the field and, and producing. So I definitely had that in my mind. I still think Lindsey is going to be that, you know, early back. He's going to be the one they turn to first. He he just played very well last year. No reason not to. But I do think that Freeman gets a bigger piece of this pie. I'm not really worried about Riddick for either one of those two, uh, but it's definitely going to push Devontae Booker down and may very well push him right off the roster um, because he, he, you know, he, he's definitely a better receiver than Booker is. And that, that's all Riddick really brings to the table is as a receiving back because he does nothing on the ground. I just don't know if I would want to invest in him in fantasy just because I don't think there's going to be enough work for him to become a fantasy back unless one of the other two guys in front of him gets hurt. The Dolphins' backfield has been a big topic here since training camp started. We've seen Kalen Balaj run a lot with the ones. ESPN's Kevin Wolf says it's probably going to be even timeshare between Drake and Kalen Balaj. Uh, Drake obviously has been going way higher in drafts, although he's been starting to slip in recent drafts because of the news that has come out. Uh, Balaj obviously moving up draft boards. Someone said they saw him go in the seventh round. Uh, that's way too Woo! high. For, yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, whoa. I, like I took him in the Scott Fishbowl like late, and you know, somebody drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah. So, what's your take on this? Because I think most people believe Drake is the more talented runner, but Drake has really never had a full workload wherever he has been. Uh, we know what he did last year and basically won a game for the Dolphins against the Patriots. I think people want to see Drake get more. They thought maybe Adam Gase gone that he does, but apparently that's not happening. So how do you look at this backfield for the Dolphins? Is it, you, you, you take the cheaper guy or do you avoid it? I stand way, way back and watch from afar. Um, <laughs> look, I, I definitely think there's going to be a, a big split here. we got a definite timeshare coming between these two. I think Drake is the better running back, but it's obvious that there's something else that we're not privy to, whether it's he's not a good practice player, maybe he doesn't have his head in the game when he does his meetings. There's something else that go, going on here because, let's face it, I mean, Adam Gaze last year took the ball out of his hands way too often to give to Frank Gore. Now they're going to do the same thing with Bellage. And from the limited sample we had last year of Bellage, he didn't show me anything. I didn't see him do anything on that field that made me think that he could be a, a big back in this league and put up big numbers. Now, maybe he proves me wrong. That's very possible. We've seen it happen a lot of times. But the, I just keep coming down to the fact that, you know, this team is going to be one of the worst offenses in the league, I believe. And because of that, I don't want any piece of a timeshare on a team that has every chance, once again, to run the fewest plays in the league. 
Now, I'm in a draft now, and I can't believe this. This is the highest I've seen him go. I think it's a terrible pick, um, but it's uh, Jordan Reed going in round 10. I know that. Oh, that's disgusting. Right? How crazy is that? <laughs> I mean, I know we're hearing, oh, he, he's healthy now, finally. His feet are stronger, blah, blah, blah. I know the Redskins don't have a lot of weapons, but, like, all of us have been burned by Jordan Reed at one time or another, right? So, like. Round 10. Hey, he was healthy all last year. Did nothing. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I did this guy really make, make this pick? Like, how can you take Jordan Reed in round 10? Yeah, especially considering he probably could have gotten him seven rounds later. Oh, for sure. I mean, but do, do, does there come a point in the draft where if you, I mean, obviously everyone has a price. So round 14, 15, you need a second tight end. Do you take a shot on Jordan Reed or are you even still worried well, would, at that point? I don't have a problem taking a shot on him as my number two, but it's probably not going to be before round 16 because <laughs> there's a lot a lot of tight ends coming into the league. There's a couple of guys coming back from injury, all guys that I trust more than Jordan Reed at this point. But, again, you know, he's shown in the past he can be a top tight end in this league. I'm just not buying into it when more than likely we're going to have a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they don't always – you know, there's a big myth out there that rookie quarterbacks tend to favor the tight ends when that's actually not true. Uh, there's really no bump in numbers that quantifies that being a true statement. So I, I just don't see it. I mean, he could. He's done it in the past. He could be that top tight end. But after last year where he did stay healthy and they didn't use him, I don't think I can invest in him this year. Uh, real quick, with Golden Tate facing a four-game suspension, where do you consider taking him in a draft? Well, uh, yeah, he's definitely got to drop down a bunch. Um, I probably wouldn't start taking him till somewhere around round 10, round 11. Yeah, it's just it's tough when you know a guy's going to miss four games, then a bye, and then you know you're going to be hit with injuries. It's just kind of tough. To... Well, not only that, he's going to be on an offense that wants to run the ball more than they pass. You know, it's just hard to, to see how much of a, a passing offense this team is going to have, especially if they make the move to Daniel Jones somewhere in midseason. Yeah, it should be an exciting season for your Giants. <laughs> well, it could be a very exciting team for your Dallas Cowboys if Zeke holds out. Yeah, well, don't remind me. Just when I think everything <laughs> is going to go well and I'm excited and I have to deal with this crap. And, of course, it filters into fantasy as well. Well, Taz, always good talking to you. We'll definitely talk again some point next week. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me on, and have a good rest of your week. Enjoy the game tonight. You too, man. Again, that is Jim Day Fantasy Taz. Find him over at ffchamps.com. Some great in-depth training camp nuggets. It might take you a while to read, but it's worthwhile, so check it out. Rule to return. We'll wrap it up here with some baseball news here on Full-Time Fantasy. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronan is here on a Thursday afternoon. We had a wild brawl in baseball the other night between the Pirates and the Reds, and the suspensions have been handed down. Keone Kayla got 10 games 
I mean, Eric Garrett got eight, obviously charging at the Pirates, throwing a punch. Jose Osuna got five. Jared Hughes got three. Kyle Crick got three. Reds manager David Bell got six games. Remember, he was ejected from this game, came out of the clubhouse and charged at Clint Hurdle. Clint Hurdle got two, and Yasiel Puig got three games. Now he was traded to the Indians, so keep that in mind. Uh, hopefully you saw the news before today. Hector Neris dropped the appeal of his three-game suspension. He started serving it today. That's why he threw an inning yesterday when the team was losing. I was wondering about that as well. Indians obviously adding Fran Reyes and Yasiel Puig in the trade, so they sent Greg Allen and Jake Bowers to AAA. So uh, keep that in mind if you are an AL-only league. Uh, Angels off-field prospect Joe Adele has been promoted to AAA, so maybe we see him this year. Certainly a possibility to keep in mind there. Uh, it's the trade deadline shaking a lot of things up. The Brewers recalled outfielder Trent Grisham from AAA today. Uh, this year, uh, between AA and AAA, was batting 300, 407 OVP, 603 slugging with 26 homers, 71 rubies, 12 steals in 97 games. I don't think he gets a ton of playing time, but uh, he is in center field today uh, and, and batting ninth uh, with the Brewers in an American League park uh, on the road. The Rays sent Nate Lowe to AAA uh, as they had to clear a roster spot for Jesus Aguiar. So Lowe has been good in his time in the majors. This is the second time he got sent down, 30 games, batting 294, 365 OBP, and a 510 slugging uh, in 30 major league games. But uh, the roster crunch there, so he gets sent down. Giants placed outfielder Alex Dickerson on the tentative injury list with a right oblique strain. He's been really good this year. 386, six homers, 23 RBIs in 30 games. I was able to pick him up in one league. Uh, so I'll have to replace him in the lineup uh, there. So a lot going on in baseball now with the trade deadline yesterday. After we left, Zach Greinke getting traded to the Astros. Huge addition for the Astros. I mean, they, to me, are the clear-cut favorite there in the American League. Also added Aaron Sanchez, so they're in a good spot. That wraps it up here, but you can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. Tons of content in our fantasy football draft. Check out our primers for quarterbacks, running back receivers, and tight ends. And head on over to playffwc.com. We'll be back Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.